Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Poetry night rings through. So I, I, I guess I'm going to start. I'm going to read a new one that I kind of I I had it somewhat written, and then I you know I collaborated. I guess not collaborated, but I had Spike help me with some edits. Uh, if you don't know Spike Daly, a uh, friend of Poetry Nights, um, long time. So I sent it to him, and he gave me a couple ideas. This is actually the first uh, poem that I've written that has an epigraph to it. Not an epigram, because an epigram is a witty saying that can be an epigraph, but an epigraph is a quotation that precedes a work of literary something. Uh, yeah, well, I had to because I kept screwing it up. I always say epigram because I think telegram. Because I think a graph is, you know, like a pictorial sort of thing. Yes. Um, I call this heritage and tradition. This is the one that borders on being mean to people. I'll try not to. I, I didn't. I wrote it to make a point. Heritage and tradition. The epigraph. We can make war so terrible and make them so sick of war that, a gener that generations pass away before they again appeal to it. General William Tecumseh Sherman. The appeal rematerialized, though, in less than five generations, flipping the bird in 1961 with claims of heritage and tradition, claims as false as oaths of loyalty. Maybe Sherman was right, we just didn't do enough. Heritage is not given, but assumed at birth or rebirth. It's donned like a familiar leather coat, a favorite pair of shoes, a trusted hat, or armor. Tradition is given and can be taken and nurtured or left to die with pride. It is held to bolster courage like a sharp saber or a loaded musket, cannon balls of steel or a flag to fire for. At birth, it was torn from what was the glory of fourscore and five years before. Sectarian sectionalism ending in secession, all for the fear of a tall man from Illinois, South Carolina, Sumter, Civil War. In its formative years, it was provided a tradition of victory and righteous calling, yelling fear and howling hell upon their enemies. Enemies who could never tell them how to live their lives under God, superior above all. Traitors to man were traitors of men under God, their vindicator. But vindication took a turn at the angle, and vindication comes with its biblical costs. 
a cost of 6,500 men, no more, lost in the blink of a blinded eye, blinded by the powder's flash, ears deafened by their cannon's roar. Vindication. 6,500 dead, pickets charge. 51,000 dead, three days at Gettysburg. 566,666 dead to disease alone. 850,000 dead in four years, three weeks, and six days of war. Dead Americans. Dead. Those deaths should resonate like thunder from a chasm clapping closed across a nation vindicated not by God, but by ideals of union and liberty for all, e pluribus unum. But we only hear their silence. Vindication is not winning. Despite a military surrender, generally meaning one's won, the union forces did not win. They only mostly won for five generations. Statistics. Heritage and tradition won the last battle of the Civil War in Texas. Heritage and tradition killed more men. Heritage and tradition were allowed to write the heart of their own history. Heritage and tradition never surrenders. Heritage and tradition didn't lose the war. Heritage and tradition won't be told how to live. Heritage and tradition will do what they want. Heritage and tradition don't know what they are. Heritage and tradition might just be the death of us all. But except I'm going to start with the epigraph. Epigraph. This is my playbook. Seattle Supersonic, the ball from the wind. So long as the laws shall exist which create hells in the midst of civilization, so long as men are degraded, women ruined, and children afraid, so long as there shall be ignorance, poverty, and wretchedness on the earth, stories such as this one must be told. Victor Hugo, Les Miserables. Now, irreverent. I call this capitalism in the 80s. W.R. Norris, Universal Investment Consultant, 1183 Red Hill Road, Tustin, California. To whom it may concern, trading in fur. Dear sir, I am sure you are interested in this, but I thought I'd mention it to you because it might be a real sleeper in making a lot of money with very little investment. 
Myself and some of my associates here in Orange County, California, are considering investing in a cat ranch near Beaverton, Oregon. It is our purpose to start rather small with about one million cats. Each female cat produces on an average of about 12 cats per year. Cat skins can be sold at about 20 cents each for the white ones and up to 40% for the black ones. Spotted ones can be sold at a free market to hippies, rockers, and R&B hipsters. This will give us 32 cents for each pelt, making our revenue about three million per year. This really averages out to 10,000 a day, excluding Sundays and all holidays. A good Mexican cat man can skin 50 cats per day at a wage of $3.15 per day. It will only take 663 men to operate the ranch, so that's eight thousand two hundred dollars per day. Now the cat will be fed rats exclusively. Rats multiply four times as fast as cats. We would start a rat farm adjacent to the cat ranch. If we start with a million rats, we could have four rats per cat each day. The rats will be fed on carcasses of skinned cats. This will give rat a quarter of a cat. You can see by this that the business is clean operating, self-supporting, and really automatic business throughout. The cats will eat the rats, the rats will eat the cats, and we get the skins. We plan to organize a Mexican corporation with uno centavo per value stock. This is equal to .0008 per share. American money. We plan to sell 99 million shares at par. This is $79,200 American dollars. Or is it $792? Or whatever. It should be enough. Eventually, it is our hope to cross the cats with snakes. For they will skin themselves twice a year. <laughs> this will save labor costs as will as will and give us two skins per cat and lose the labor costs. As you can imagine, we are selective, particularly about our investors. Let us know how many shares you wish to purchase. Have a nice day. I will discuss this with you when I see you, like over the holidays. Sincerely. I just thought I'd... <laughs> So I'm going to follow that up with my ABC's poem because it's kind of following along the crossing cats and snakes sort of thing, maybe. <clears throat> it, well, the last line kind of, you know, that's the zinger, right? Should be, you know, zing. Uh, the ABC's. I have never seen an A, and the eldest of my elders has never seen an A, but he tells of a time when his elders, elders, elders lived in harmony with swarms of A's. The stories say that the strawberries were sweeter then, the apples were said to be crisper and juicier, and the squash 
couldn't help but smile on their vines. Oh, how I wish I could have tasted the grapes and drank the wine in those days. But something happened to the A's. They do not talk about it, those days or the A's. They are only a legend to me. There were no A's when I was born. I have only known the B's. And the B's know what happened to the A's. They were there. This is why they carry a sting and warn us with their bright colors and angry buzzing. No one now lives in harmony with the swarms of bees, but we steal their honey and starve their children. And they have every reason to hate our ways, for they are now dying and we're to blame. And when they are gone, the fruit will be less sweet if there is any at all, and there will be a bitter taste left to linger in our mouths as we move on to the seas. I'm just going to go in order of what's in this book. Huh? What game? Ah, uh, the game I made up in my head. Okay. Yeah, really. There we go. The lowest form of art. Before rock and hip-hop, there were poets plying their art. Roman political bards poking fun at pundits and potentates and royalty. The music, rhyme, rhythm, iambic pentameter without radio. Just attention-gathering entertainment to get the points across. People listened to this low-class music of words, rhyme couplets, sonnets. They were just all ancient hip-hop. Before MTV, Bill the Cat Shake made English. Now we think of him as a poetic god. Snoop Dogg will be a smooth gangster god studied in the hollow halls of Cambridge and Harvard 400 years from now. Words are like that. Dreams are like that. Words are the first steps to action and the explainers of history, which is only his story. Well, maybe I should just sit here instead of... How about this? No, the table's fine. Mm -hmm. All right, so that one made me think of this poem that I call The Show, because it's a sonnet, and it's called The Show. The Show. There are no cakes for you to eat dancing on the keen edge of a brass dagger's blade. No cookies, drugs, or drink for enhancing this awkward circumstance that you have made. Your professional demeanor remains in contrast to the splitting of your souls, but your impending doom still entertains anticipation of your blood below. Why did you choose to jump on a dagger's edge with dancing, dancing shoes and seek to draw a crowd of morbid minds around you like a hedge where cakes and drinks and drugs are not allowed. So, as your blood upon the floor is spilt, should you or your crowd feel more guilt? 
Uh, you mentioned drinks. <laughs> bacon bourbon. It was a bacon bourbon bouillot in a crystal bar bucket glass. A double. She said, hey, tipping her Manhattan pink in a martini glass to her lips. Branding the rim with New York foggy morning lipstick, blue. Tongue pink, pushing the black cherry to the bottom, drowning my navel. Yeah, I know. Uh, barbecue. Through the millennia, they've danced year after year, gathering around the flame in the searing heat of midsummer. The omnivorous beasts gibbering in unison with a myriad of voices in a million different languages. Earthly hosts singing as they dance to the music of the barbecue in the season of the sizzle as days grow long and hot, cool evenings in a golden glow. They capture the sun in a metal box. They burn the flesh of their sacrifice and the smoke rises in heavenly scent, the incense of their summerly temples in backyards across the universe. The omnivorous beasts gathering near the surf and turf, the fire doing their work year after year after year. Through the millennia, they barbecue. okay what I don't know old seers studying older seers can show you what old seers saw teachers can teach you what they were taught maybe a little more of what was known of knowledge old sailors can show you the sea's secrets Learn by and by, but beyond there, demons lie. Generals instruct you in what is tried and true. A cavalry charge will always turn the tide. A fact without debate. To cannon and gatlin turn flesh to mesh. We can teach what we know, but not what we don't know. I know how to do this. Kissing by the Cantos. One, a disclaimer. Kissing is dangerous sometimes. Let this be a warning that what follows may be life-altering for you. You should think about what kissing is supposed to be before kissing. Kissing is dangerous sometimes. This was the disclaimer canto. Two parts list.
Kissing is very nice to do, but it is not so nice to do with less than two peoples. For that matter, more than two peoples. So, three things are needed for kissing to be complete. Two peoples and two lips. Oh, wait. Okay, so six things, really, for kissing to be correct. The six parts of the kiss. Two peoples. Four lips. Because kissing was made for lips, and lips were made for kissing. This was the parts, cantos. Three instructions for beginners. Now that you are two people in four lips, you must take your faces and face them at your faces. Eyes at the eyes and noses at the noses. This is the basic starting position. Soon you will be kissing. Begin moving forward at each other's faces until your noses are touching and your eyes are to your eyes. Be calm now. You are not in any danger here. Look at each other and breathe easy. Okay, this is where it gets dangerous. Be ready. Close your eyes, all four of them. Extend your lips forward, all four of them. Did you hear it? The little smoochy sound? Did your lips touch? All four of them? Congratulations! There is now kissing for you. And this was the procedure canto for the novice kisser. Four advanced instructions. Now that there is kissing, what happens next is up to the two peoples. The advanced instructions are there are no further instructions. There are no rules to govern the what comes next. If the nature is happy, go with the nature and be happy. Happy is good and good is happy. Don't be afraid to make a mess. Happiness and nature is sometimes messy and dirty and good. So let's go with the flow. This canto was for lovers. Five. Advanced warning. Before the dangers... Beware, the dangers of the kiss. Do not allow what follows while entangled in the bliss of making nature's messes to become a new life. New life that can replace the one you know. This new life can become to you both a blessing and a curse. This canto wants to remind you that from time to time a life of its own can be born from a kiss. I've always hated that poem <laughs> because I get right into it and then you stop. What? The advanced instructions. Beware. You got another page, right? No, well, <laughs> not, a, not an instruction for kissing. Oh, okay. This is called The Knowledge of Love. You relaxed your hand and mine at our first meeting. It lingered and I left my eyes on you. There wasn't much to say except, how do you do? I hope you feel me, cause I compose slow, soulful love songs to you daily, a gift to myself. I just know, I just know I love you. Yes, like knowledge, love is one of the two things you can give and still possess. You know what? That table keeps moving, right? No, no, you don't move. No, dude. We're almost done.
I'm going to make this my last one, I think. And then we'll take a break like at 9 or something like that. So you get one more after me. Okay. All right. Uh, this is like one of the only ones that I have memorized because I had to memorize it for the Boynton Poetry reading. I won with this poem in 2014. And I don't know if my poem's still up there on the walk, but it was one of the walk ones. This is a sonnet. The Mountain. So grand is the mountain that looms above the lowlands of mankind. Fervently made by forces we know very little of. Its flame, the, fl the heat that helped us forge our blade. Upon the summit we find life quite hard, for the air is thin and that affects our brain. We climb thinking that there we'll touch the stars, but once on top only encounter pain. Yet the valley we see, our woodland home, below us stretches, and we understand with our climbing atop this mountain's dome, we've always had the world in our hands. Loves the summit, and the valley our soul. To climb to its peak is to see below. Thanks, everyone. The need to be. To fulfill the need to be who I am in this world is all I ask. I can't pretend to be something that I'm not, and I'm just not going to wear a mask. You touch my face with love in your eyes, or will you touch my heart? With the understanding that it takes to realize that I just can't pay a part. There's this need to be true to myself and make my own mistakes. I don't want to lean too hard on someone else no matter what it takes. So if you're sure it's love, be sure it's love for me. Because I am what I am and I have a need to be. I'm not fool enough to ever think that I'm the master of my faith. Fate. But it's up to me to choose my roads in life. The rocky they may be the ones I take. There is a need to be something more than just a reflective man. I can't survive in someone's shadow and I need my own little spot to stand. So, if you're sure it's love, be real sure it's love for me. Because I am what I am and I have a need to be. If you're sure it's love, real sure it's love, make sure it's love for me because I am what I am and I have a need to be. <laughs> Can you not have anything that I've said to you on the podcast? Chickens here, out of sauce. Chickens here, out of sauce. Chickens here, out of sauce. Can you not have anything that I've said to you? Did I sell that? Stick around. God help us all. I'll send it.